Hello? Well, hello. Would this be Dan? Yes. Is this Dan from the band Cut Copy? That's correct. Hey, this is Scott. I'm calling from the interview show. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. What you up to? Uh, just in Miami, actually. Uh, getting ready to play a show tonight. Nice. Yeah, we've got one here tomorrow night as well, so we hopefully have a nice day off tomorrow. That'll be good. What are you going to do in Miami? Um, I guess, I mean, we're actually staying right on the beach, so the obvious thing to do would be to hit the beach for a while, but I don't know, we might um, cook some nice coffee, taste some local food, and wander around a bit. We'll see what happens. Hey, this is uh, Dancing Cup Coffee. Uh, we're going to listen to Blink and You'll Miss the Revolution, uh, our latest single from Tonesco, uh, with a video clip featuring uh, monkeys. Enjoy.
fair enough. All right. Well, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today I have Dan from the band Cut Copy on the line. How are you doing tonight, Dan? Good, man. Excellent. Good to hear. Good to hear. All right. I'm going to jump right in there. I was reading that back in the day when Cut Copy formed, one of the things you guys like to do is hang around and go see shows and talk about the things that you liked about each band. So I was hoping that you could take me back to that day and take me into a conversation that you guys had about a band that not many people might have heard about. What do you think? Um, we played with so many bands, I guess, back in the day. We went to see so many bands um, back in Melbourne when we were first starting out. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, of one that uh, people might not know so much about. I guess one would have been uh, Moving Units, which I, I think is a band from the States somewhere um, but uh, I guess maybe uh, sort of weren't, they were sort of like an underground band, I guess. But um, for a certain period of time in, in Melbourne, uh, there were a band whose, whose songs you'd hear at every house party and, um, you know, people were fairly obsessed with them. Um, and yeah, I guess we went on to that show one time. I think um, Tim, uh, our guitarist, actually might have DJed at that show um, sort of earlier on as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was cool. You know, we sort of, uh, I think, you know, it was almost like a ritual for us. Every weekend we'd head out, go and see shows, and then I guess when we started as a band, we, we sort of continued doing that. It's almost like you'd, you'd steal ideas from each each band you saw, and, um, you know, hopefully that, that ended up sort of uh, making what we do when we play live sort of, um, you know, a little bit better each time. Nice. So I was hoping that you could admit to something that you might have stolen from a band you saw that's worked for Cut Copy. <laughs> um... Well, I don't know about moving units. I guess I guess if I could think of a band, um, I guess I was thinking about it today actually. But um, obviously, we sort of approach things, um, you know, with our bands. There's sort of an energy of sort of you know live guitar stuff um, to the stage when we play, um, even though we use a lot of electronics as well. And then have sections um, at the set where we're sort of you know put the guitars down and we're sort of using more electronic stuff, but still bringing a lot of energy to to things. And I think um, when we first saw um, Soul Wax. Play, we were quite, um, I guess, uh, you know, inspired and, and interested by the way that they would sort of, you know, put the crowd into a frenzy just by sort of, you know, filtering and tweaking stuff. And I guess that's a very sort of DJ-oriented thing to do, but I think um, they did it so well sort of in a live setting and that's almost something that I think we, we probably, uh, uh, you know, stole from them, but um, could have sort of made it our own thing within our own set. Um, you know, sort of having sessions where we sort of, you know, tweak things out and, um, and let sort of the, the dance music side of, of what we do um, take over a bit. Nice, nice. This is some great stuff. The connection's a little bit fuzzy. Do you mind if I call you back to see if we can get a better connection? Yeah, sure. Nobody. Hey, is this Dan? Yep, still me. I would love it if you could pick up where we left off and you were talking about Soul Wax. They're a band that has... That's like you. They've switched from DJ to live act. They sort of tread the line, like some people could have said you did earlier in your career. So, can you talk a little bit about comparing you and and Soulwax? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess really in the respect of, of just um, sort of having sections of this. I mean, they're, they're much more sort of into um, kind of rock and I'd say probably some sort of metal stuff as well than, than we are. But um, but certainly there's elements uh, and sections of their set where um, they sort of um, they're obviously inspired by kind of acid and house music and techno and that kind of thing, and they they sort of um, sort of uh, you know tweak out on electronics and and filtering things almost like in a DJ set. And I think when we first saw them doing that, it was something that kind of really captured our imagination because, because we love dance music as much as we love um, sort of guitar-based stuff. Um, so 
yeah, I think that's something that we sort of definitely adopted into our set because there's, there's definitely parts where we put the guitars down and, and sort of uh, you know, let the electronic side um, take over. And I think um, you know, it's almost like the, the, that sort of part of the set is, is where it's almost like the you know, our love of club stuff and uh, club culture and club music sort of um, you know brings a real energy to, to our live shows. Hey, Dan from Top Copy, uh, and you're about to listen to our track Half on Fire from the record In Ghost Colors.
Dan from Cut Copy, and you're listening to the interview show. I don't know, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess we're sort of, you know, uh, we don't usually sort of have major disagreements, um, you know, as such, but often there's sort of like, you know, when we come off stage after a show, it's like, you know, do we do an encore, is this, you know, um, you know, is this a three-song encore, one-song encore, we, you know, just, I guess, sort of figuring out whether everyone's, you know, feeling the same vibe at the same time. And sometimes it's sort of clear-cut, yeah, let's, let's go back out there, and sometimes, um, you know, I'll be like, yeah, let's do three songs, and everyone else will look at me like, like an idiot, like, you know, <laughs> they're just not feeling it, man. But I think that's just one of those things, you know, everyone responds to music differently, and, and same goes with the shows, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, everyone sort of has their own reaction to the music, and, and certainly when you're performing, that's, that's the case as well. Okay, so the current record's called Zonoscope, and that's a word you guys made up, and I would love it if you could tell me what that means. Well, I guess uh, with the new record, we sort of had this, um, I don't know, real sort of atmospheric kind of um, sense to the record, I think, just, just with all of the percussion on it and, and some of the new instruments we've been including, and even the way that we recorded it, you know, a sort of very hypnotic kind of, um, you know, sort of uh, groove-based um, you know, sense to a lot of the songs. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that we sort of felt almost like a certain point through making the record that we could almost visualise this place where the music was coming from, this sort of tropical, natural, sort of surreal landscape that was also sort of an urban thing as well. Um, and so that element of sort of, you know, synthesised mechanical sounds, but also sort of organic um, kind of exotic things as well. Um and so I think the Zonoscope was just this word that we created for, for sort of imagining this, this other world, you know, it's how you see into this, this place that we're inhabiting making the record. And I guess it sort of seemed like the perfect name for the record once we finished it, you know. It also became, you know, just, just sort of a, a bit of a running joke, you know. Um, this track needs more Zonoscope or, you know, <laughs> something like that if something's not working. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I was reading that for Zonoscope you guys hold up in a warehouse that was abandoned and that you found. And I was reading an interview with a couple of you guys where you were saying that working in the warehouse this way allowed you the time because it was less expensive than a studio. So I was hoping you could talk about a track on the album that is different to you or turned out much different than if you had been in a studio and how. Um, well, I guess, I guess just sort of having the extra time to sort of work on tunes um, was a really key thing and to sort of try ideas that maybe we wouldn't have um, sort of tried otherwise if, if we're having to rush in a studio and try and get things done quickly so um, I think that like Sun God might be a good example you know it's a track that started out as a sort of five minute song and then I guess it's through a process of jamming it and um, kind of improvising a little bit with, with synths and, and that kind of gear
Dan from Cut Copy, and you're listening to the interview show. Um, I think that my son got a good example, you know, the track that started out as a sort of five-minute song, and then I guess it's through a process of jamming it and um, kind of improvising a little bit with, with synths and, and that kind of gear. Um, it ended up sort of taking a life of its own and, uh, and became the 15-minute epic at the end of the record. Um, so I don't think that would have happened if we were hauled up in the studio, um, you know, sort of... Uh, you know, watching the clock the whole time. So, um, you know, that'd be a good example. Maybe something like Elisa as well. You know, we tried some pretty weird stuff on that track, you know, like sort of seeing through guitar pickups um, rather than a microphone and, and things like that that, that I guess really sort of brought an extra energy to the track. And I don't think that would have happened. Um, it would have been a recording studio where, where we were sort of, you know, pressed just to sort of get the track done. You know, I think that the potential to experiment was definitely increased by, um, by having a limited time to work on it. Okay, I was reading an interview with another uh, one of the guys in the band, and he said that, I'll say it this way, most of your songs are about relationships and love relationships, and the other guys in the band were saying that they never talk to you about that, but they do go off on their own and talk about it because they don't want to bother you. How does that make you feel? <laughs> um, well, this is the first I've heard about it, but, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess, Songwriting is this sort of personal thing, um, you know, from a lyrical perspective. And I think, um, you know, sometimes sometimes the songs are, are quite personal. Sometimes they're just kind of, you know, I guess sketches of, of things that you imagine or, you know, um, scenarios that you imagine. So there's definitely, you know, there's, I guess for me, uh, it often feels like there'd be a couple of songs on the record that are, you know, really have a sort of special significance. Um, and then others that I think just maybe are sort of there to enhance the, the feeling that's already in a song, you know, within the music, because often, you know, it's the music that comes first, and then and then we'll work out, or I'll work out sort of, you know, what's, what's going to work lyrically over the top. Um, so, I, I don't know, I guess, you know, someone's got to, <laughs> someone's got to kind of take the bold move and, um, and put some words to, to a song, and I guess uh, that's my responsibility uh, in Cut Copy, but... Uh, you know, I think I think it's something that the people definitely engage with. You know, talking about our audiences and and uh, and fans. You know, people people really do kind of uh, engage with with some of the lyrics. So, you know, I, I feel good with it. What do you think it would take for to get the guys to talk to you about the meaning of the songs? Um, I don't know whether it's always something that um, that they necessarily want to. You know, I mean, I guess that's why you write a song because that that is your way of talking about it. Um, you know, um, often things that maybe you. You, you need to kind of get out or get off your chest. That's, that's the way of doing it. So, um, you know, for me, the, the songs are there for, for people and, you know, for, for the guys or, or whoever to sort of get some insight into, um, you know, uh, something something's in my head or something that I'm feeling. You know, that's just, uh, I guess that's, that's what songwriting's about. Fair enough, fair enough. Dan, I really appreciate you taking some time out to speak with me tonight. When we get to the end of the show, I love for the guest to pick a track off the record and talk a little bit about it as I bring up the music. Now, please, don't pick a super, super long song. I think um, one of the songs that I'm going to play off your current record is I'm going to play Need You Now, the Architecture in Helsinki remix. So I would love it, actually, if you could talk about that one because it's a remix and you guys have such a great record, track record for remixes. Okay. So you want me to talk about that one? Yes, please. Yeah, totally. Um, we're actually um, pretty good friends, good friends with the, the guys in Architecture in Helsinki. Um, in fact, um, Ben, who plays bass in our band, um, 
used to play in bands with, with a couple of the guys that used to that, that now play in architecture. Um, and uh, and I think just having heard some of the tracks from our record, um, uh, I think Cameron, uh, the singer from architecture, actually got in touch with us and said he wanted he had this sort of vision. I think just from hearing the vocal uh, in that track of, of how. Um, you know, he could sort of somehow turn that into this weird sort of Royal Orbison um, kind of, uh, you know, ballady uh, thing, you know, from being sort of, I guess, a, a fairly sort of synth-driven, most Marauder-esque kind of sounding uh, track. So, so yeah, we sort of, uh, we thought that was a pretty weird idea and, and pretty unlikely, but that's something that, you know, we'll see what he could do with it. And, uh, and yeah, uh, a few weeks later... Uh, they came back and gave us this um, a CD which which um, which had the track on it and it, and it was amazing you know just uh, totally transformed into I guess something that I never could have imagined but um, I guess that's, that's that's part of the magic of remixing that uh, someone can sort of have an idea or, or hear something like that and uh, you know turn something uh, you know into something completely different. Since you guys have such a great track record with remixes, is it you that picks them or is it the record company or a little bit of both? Usually we um, suggest the names to, to approach, but um, yeah, it can, uh, you know, I guess it depends. Sometimes they'll suggest, uh, you know, I guess architecture in Helsinki, uh, their most recent record came out through Modular, so obviously that was a, a connection as well, um, and that can happen. But, um, but yeah, most of the time we, we definitely, um, you know, pick who, who works on remixes for our tracks. You know, I guess it's something that we, we like to have input with. Great. All right. Well, here we go. Need you now, the Architecture in Helsinki remix. Thanks a lot, Dan. My pleasure. Hey, this is Dan from Cut Coffee, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Hush, darling, don't you cry. Hush, darling, don't you cry. Cause they never go Come down in the morning. 
Oh. 